You're listening to the ModernDogTrainer.net podcast, bringing you the best industry tips and topics for professional dog trainers worldwide. Now here are your hosts, Ines Gachot and Kat Camplin. Hello, welcome to the Modern Dog Trainer podcast. I'm Ines, founder of the Modern Dog Trainer blog and podcast, and I'm here today with my co-host, Kat Camplin. Hello, everybody. In this episode, we're speaking with the amazing Helix Fairweather. Uh, Helix is a KPA staff instructor as well as a uh, contributor to Clean Run Magazine and an astrophysicist. Is that right? Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yes, I have a graduate degree in astrophysics, (laughs) but I'm not a a practicing scientist in that science these days. Awesome. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so in case you're wondering, the show notes can be found at themoderndogtrainer.net. Feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes podcasts. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Modern Dog Trainer and on Facebook. All the links will be in the show notes on the website. So put your feet up, grab a glass of wine, and let's get started. So we're so happy to have you here today, Felix. Um, and I know you created one of the very first online dog training courses. Uh, What gave you the idea and how did you get started with online classes? To answer the second part of the question, I was out of work. Ah. (laughs) I came back from graduate school in New Mexico, back to Oregon, and uh, wasn't finding a job promptly. And so I had a lot of time on my hands and I had had gotten turned on to clicker training while I was in grad school and had been training my own dogs for uh, agility on my own with clicker training. And I learned so much from being on the email lists and discussion lists on clicker training at that time. This was around 99, 2000, right around there. Right. And I was on clicker training lists. Looking back to that time, it was amazing with Julie Daniels and Karen Pryor and Steve White and Susan Garrett and all of these people who had just been to um, a Karen Pryor seminar in, at the University of Guelph in Canada. And they were all buzzing with, oh, I tried this. Did that work for you? And, and how do you fix this? And when you do, so they, the, those masters of the craft were in their learning mode at that time. And it was just amazing. I learned so much from them. And I started, you know, posing training plans of my own. And the more I learned from discussions and from people on the internet, I realized, why couldn't I teach other people that way? Right. I, so, so that gave that's what gave me the idea. I I do have a funny anecdote about, about that though. <laughs> my uh, my first online class was cyber agility, which was uh, teaching people the foundation skills needed to then train the equipment for agility. And one of the uh, one of the ten skills I wanted to use was Susan Garrett's one two three game for uh, the ability to switch from calm to excited at the agility start line. And I knew I had to ask her for permission to use it. It was an article in Clean Run. And um, I just, oh my God, I agonized so much about the embarrassment of asking Susan Garrett if I could use this. Not that she wouldn't, not the asking to use it, but the idea of I had to explain that it was an online agility course and then how in the world is somebody going to learn dog agility from the internet, you know? Right. 
And, and, but I did finally muster up the courage and I wrote to her and explained it, what I was doing, what I was trying, you know, attempting to do. And, and could I use her, her uh, game? And she said, fine. And she said, you know, I thought about an online course, but it just seems like way too much work. <laughs> and of course, now we know that Susan Garrett has an online empire. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yes. Um, that's great. So, your classes are run like in-person group classes, from what I understand. Can you explain how that works? Uh, yes, I, I have um, four different online courses, and they've turned out to be different in how they're structured. The original Cyber Agility course, which is the longest running, and I'm, I'm really not teaching this anymore. I do get a lot of people asking for it, but I, I'm really trying not to teach it um, at this time. Uh, That course, and bear in mind, that started in 2001, so we did not have a lot of the technology we have today. Right. Uh, We used, um, I took video uh, with a little Hewlett Packard digital camera that a friend of mine was given because she was the production manager for that product. She had a sample of it and she gave it to me. It took 10 second digital videos, very grainy, very small. <laughs> and that was it um, wow. for video. And uh, so for for the group meetings, I had we used um, IRC Internet Relay Chat. So we used chat rooms, and we would wow. all meet in a chat room and talk, you know, typing talk. And you know, it actually felt like a conversation. I look back to those days, and we talked, you know, yeah. um, and we talk about the whatever problems the people were having with their training, or or you know, questions they had, or it's. And sometimes I have to think of an alternate way for a team to to approach something because of you know, you know, the dogs are all individual as are the people, and so that was our classroom was uh, Internet Relay Chat. Wow. Now, today, <laughs> for fast forward to modern times, uh, for example, my CyberScent class, I'm teaching a, a class in uh, scent detection for clicker trainers who want to uh, train for the sport of nose work, but using the, the skills we know in operant conditioning and clicker training. And now we're meeting in um, wonderful webinar sef- software, which has uh, webcams and we all see each other. And um, I can show a video clip um, synchronously. Everybody can watch the clip at the same time. I can stop the clip and say, there, did you see what she did right there with her hand? And everybody can see, you know. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) What a leap, huh? Yeah, that's awesome. So so they are like group classes in that sense, that we do have communication in real time. Yeah, that's awesome. So with an in-person class, we can look at attendance and and see a student might be struggling and you know what happens when a student gets behind in an online course in my classes um there's never a behind okay (laughs) we'll put it that way in going back to the original course cyber agility that was 10 behaviors laid out in a a, i think it was a 10-week course and everything was very linear on on week one you're going to work on behaviors one, two, and three, and week two, you're going to be roughly at this point with those behaviors, and on work three, we're going to add a fourth behavior because you should be done with number one. Right. Much like people teach their group classes and probably still do today, though I wish they didn't. <laughs> and uh, So you, always, you did have people feel like they were behind, 
right. and it always bothered me about cyber agility. So when uh, Sarah Owings and I developed CyberDog, which is an online class for pet manners people, um, we went ahead and built that around modules. So there is no um, linearity to the classwork, which also allows you to have rolling enrollment. Right. So in CyberDog, we have five modules. Um, a module is a, a, a cluster of four or five behaviors that have a theme. So we have attention and focus or teamwork, communication, uh, public appearances, and teaching self-control. And, and so if a CyberDog person, uh, we like to have them come to class twice a week because they get the most benefit that way. So if they come to teamwork on Tuesday and then on Friday they come to communications, it doesn't matter that they're not working on the same behaviors because we're teaching them skills. Got it. And and that is to me is the 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 forefront of teaching dog training. Now we have to realize we're teaching skills and the behaviors are the props we use to teach those skills. The clients don't know that because they think they want the behaviors, which of course they do, but we want to give them teach them how to fish, not just give them fish. Right, exactly. So conversely, um, with the not getting behind in your case, what happens when you have an extraordinary student that just seems to be plowing through the skill set? Is there a way to challenge them when they're online? Absolutely. Um, I, got, I have two different cases for this. CyberDog is the intermediate in, in chronological time. Um, Sarah and I developed that in 2009, so not that far long ago. With the uh, modules, each behavior has four levels of, of skill. And so when a person is, let's say they're working on, um, uh, let's see, polite walking, and they're working on, on level one, well, there could be somebody else in the class who's been there in the class for three or four weeks more than person A, and they're working on polite walking level four. Doesn't matter. Right. So okay. we have those skills. Now in CyberScent, which is my more recent class, and I'm actually quite proud of the uh, complete revamp of structure that I've done with CyberScent. Um, that is taught um, in a membership sense. And the, um, the training um, behaviors, so to speak, I have written out as what I call tasks. And so they have task one, and when they get task one done, they, get, they are given task two. So nothing is laid out straight in front of them all at once, which I came to feel was overwhelming to people to see a website with 10 highly detailed training plans. <laughs> right. uh, so I give them the task when they're ready for it. So um, they, they, everything has goals, and when they've met the goals for that training task, then they get task number two. So there's never any feeling of behind. They just get what they need when they need it. Nice. Awesome. And I, like I think that. anybody starting, I think anybody starting online classes has to really think through what are today's learners like and what do they want and how much are they willing to sit and absorb? You know, we've got, right. we've got soundbite society. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, and then from my understanding, all of your courses provide real-time face-to-face interaction between students and the trainer. Um, I know you already mentioned doing like webinar situations. Um, mm -hmm. Is that 
how you do everything or are there other ways to do that? Um, we of course have email communication mm -hmm. if people have questions, but that's always part of our courses. We, um, trying to figure out what your question is here. Um, I was just wondering like other than webinars, um, is there any other way you do face-to-face -face interactions? Like, yeah. how does that work it's with multiple not, time zones? It's not an actual. Okay, it's not an actual webinar. It's webinar software that it's like GoToMeeting, but it's not GoToMeeting. Okay. It's ClickMeeting. It's a webinar software that allows us to meet in real time as a group. Um, so I can't think of any way I'd want to communicate other in in any other form other than email. Um, that's right. why I'm kind of stumbling on this question. Yeah. But as far as time zones, that is always a challenge. And um, mm -hmm. we, we enroll, when I enroll somebody into CyberSent, for example, we, that class also has a biweekly meeting. Once every two weeks, we meet as a group. And um, I try to collect data from everybody as to what would be good times for them to meet. And... Um, and choose something that works for everyone. Now that doesn't always 100% work, but it's the best thing I have. So with CyberSent, because there is so much rolling enrollment, and I only offer CyberSent to Karen Pryor Academy graduates or to other people who can convince me they have advanced training skills because I'm not starting from the beginning with that. Um, I set a time for a meeting that I think is the best time for people to be available. It's a Sunday evening, actually. Right. And then everybody who can come does come, and I record it, and everybody who can't come can watch the video. And even if somebody has video they want reviewed and feedback, we do it even if they can't attend, and then they watch the video of the meeting, and they hear what every, all the good things people had to say about their training and what they think should be the next step and things like that. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you also have... Um, a self-directed orientation for students um, that dog trainers can purchase and give to their classes so that the students have a head start. Is that is that correct? Yes, we call that the Start Smart program. And, and how does that how does that work? So you you get a login. The, the teacher purchases a login and then gives it to their students, and then the student just takes the course. Um, yeah, but before I answer that question, Inez, is, is, is it okay if I explain a little bit about Start Smart? I'd love that. Okay. Um, Start Smart was originally the clicker mechanical skills module in our CyberDog course for Pet Manners, but I started using it with my private clients, and, um, and I had such a great um, experience by having a private client work through the videos of the Start smart program to learn their mechanical skills and then going to their home to do the first lesson uh, of their behavior mod whatever problem solving it was going to be and have them up online and doing clicker training with that no must no fuss it was so great so that's when we got the idea why don't we have other trainers do this so start smart is a small collection of videos it's um, the total running time of the six videos is 60 minutes and it's kind of like the old Jane Fonda exercise videos in that um, the teacher shows you something and then you do it along with the teacher. And then you stop the video and you do it a bunch more. Practice your treat delivery to a cup on the counter. You know, 
until you're very flexible and feel like you've got a great habit with both the left and the right hand and um, and so on. We have come up with a, a, a lovely set of very different um, uh, games for learning your clicker mechanical skills in that Start Smart program. People can do it in the privacy of their own home. They can take their time. They can do a lot of reps so they have some good habits built. And um, the Start Smart program is just, I think, an amazing um, tool for a mere $25. So for trainers, we have several trainers that are purchasing regularly for their clients and uh, private behavior clients. I, I'm assuming. And what they do is they send us the payment and they um, send out the fill out the registration form with all, all the client's information. We enroll the client into Start Smart and then we let the trainer know that uh, Susie Smith's Start Smart has started on April 4th and it will end on April 14th. So she knows what, what to expect. That's awesome. So, um, if you were doing for private clients, how far in advance, I was just trying to do the math, but it's too early in the morning. You're, you're, <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know, you want to do the sign up for smart start like five days before your private client or how, how would the scheduling it, work for that? It just depends on, on, on how long the people are going to take to work through the 60 minutes of video. You know, we have to allow right. them time time to not be as gung ho as we would be, probably. Right. We, we allow them ten days of access to the smart ver smart start video start smart video uh, library. So, a trainer would probably have to have some sense of their clients, you know, um, uh, drive to get that done, or just give them a deadline or or whatever. The trainer would have to plan that that for that to happen. Right. Got it. Some, um, I think a couple of them have been scheduling their first lesson after they've uh, heard from their clients that they finished the Start Smart program. So, oh, that's a really good idea, yeah. too. I like that. All right. Um, um, so with the in-person courses, you know, we have a tendency to sort of fluctuate from class to class depending on, and this is specifically with group classes, some people are excelling, some people are behind, and you sort of find a median. Um, I imagine you can't do that with an online course. You have to have some sort of structure pre-planned and really adhering to it. Is that correct? Actually, Kat, it's the, it's the exact opposite. Okay. L less structure. <laughs> structure awesome. to the structure to the um, technology and the uh, communication and all of that, but less structure to the teaching. So if you think in terms of teaching skills and 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 or teaching modules, it doesn't matter. okay? it It doesn't matter who's fluctuating or who's better than who. You give each student what they need to go along and, in the think of the a modular class when you're working on a set of behaviors in one class and a totally different set of behaviors in the next class, you're wanting them to learn the importance of cues. That's our overall secret agenda for this week is they're going to learn about cues. So it doesn't matter if they capture a hand target or if they um, uh, capture a sit or if they shape the dog to go put his feet on a step stool. They're going to learn how to add a cue, no matter what behavior they're learning. So that's the beauty of modules and teaching to skills rather than behaviors. And there isn't any, um, any. there's always plenty enough to challenge the quick learners. 
and and that's thinking on your feet and that is yeah. something that teachers have to pay attention to but the the in-person class that you describe where you have to teach to the middle you don't have to do that anymore when you start thinking about modules and teaching to skills awesome so for online classes do you think the one-on-one is important between a student and a trainer could you just set up like a powerpoint and sort of you know and then do email questions do you think the Um, one-on-one is important let me let me put it this way of the four online classes that i um teach for myself and of course uh, in Karen Pryor Academy I'm faculty for two others um, all but one of, of mine are have real-time access to the teacher start right. smart does not and I call those and this is kind of probably probably a little bit um, uh, I don't know tacky to say but I call, those, <laughs> I call those those classes that don't have any teacher interaction point and shoot classes oh you right. just point them at the material and fire the gun and there they go right. and um, hope they learn right and hope they learn and and the the thing is that for me those classes are not reinforcing and I'm not interested in teaching those kind of classes right plenty of people are and plenty of people do and and those probably work for a lot of people. I just need to have my reinforcement <laughs> is knowing that I'm there for the student, knowing that we have communication, knowing that um, that I can uh, help them get through a problem that's unique that they think is unique to them, and maybe it is unique to them. Um, I I find that over the what is it, fifteen some years I've been doing online classes. It's not a person's first line of operation to ask for help. They will soldier through a lot before they'll ask for help. Right. And okay. I would rather that it was different. I would rather that I was there, I were talking, maybe things, something comes up in conversation that tells me, oh, she's struggling far too long with this. You don't need to do 40 training sessions and get nowhere. Um, right. So uh, I prefer having some kind of one-on-one or, or, or one-on-group, real-time communication right. um, because that's reinforcement for me. And I feel I do a better job that way. Awesome. Um, so I think one of the big questions, and this is for anything going out into the Internet, is how you protect your proprietary information, your syllabus, your videos, your recording yeah. webinars. Um, I think that scares the bejeebas out of a lot of us and why we're not putting more stuff online. Um, yes. How do you protect your stuff? Yeah, that is a, a really excellent question and something, um, first of all, we have to to realize that no matter what we do to protect, protect it, somebody can hack in and get it. But th- I take the view that people wanting to learn dog trainers are probably not dedicated hackers anyway. So so I'm not going to worry about that level, you know, and if somebody is desperate to hack in to get a training plan for SIT, then God love them. They can have it. (laughs) Um, But, but what I do is um, I use, it depends on what your website's content management system is, CMS. Um, I use Joomla and in Joomla you are, able to password protect anything, sections of anything. I can have, you know, the Thursday night class can have access to this material, but the Tuesday night class has access to that material just by the setting up groups and, the you know, having individual passwords. So uh, so Joomla is very good at that. I'm sure Drew Paul is too. Um, I don't know about WordPress. I, I 
having mastered Joomla, I feel like I've conquered the universe of websites, and I don't really have the time to go back <laughs> and learn some of the other ones. Um, I do web development for people and help them with uh, with Joomla websites, so that's just a little side thing I do, um, so I can help anybody with that. But that's that is that is the way I manage the material um, when it's a web published. Everything okay. up until CyberSent. Oh, I'm not done. I have more. On that of one. course, you do. <laughs> Everything yeah. up until CyberSent was done on web pages. Now CyberSent, I'm doing in Evernote. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yes, and Evernote is a <clears throat> cloud sharing um, productivity tool in which uh, people have, uh, for instance, me. I have a lot of notebooks in Evernote, and some of them are CyberSent students. Some of them are KPA students. And I share a notebook between myself and one student, each student, and I have a shared notebook. Nobody else can access that material. So um, because I'm not delivering the CyberSent course on a website, because I'm working on the not give them the whole picture and overwhelm them concept, right. um, I put a new task in their Evernote notebook for them when they're ready for it. So that's, that's working very, very, cool. very well. Now, the videos... Um, the first thing I would tell anybody who's working on um, uh, considering online courses that you want to earn money from, that you don't want to be just, you know, a lot of people have some online courses where they're just given away. They're just all public. But the right. first thing, if you, if you want to have some privacy, is don't use YouTube. Um, oh, okay. I use Vimeo. And Vimeo is a lovely, lovely, lovely <laughs> um, video storage service. Uh, it's a social media type thing too. You can have comments and and follow people and you know all that stuff. But it is devoid of junk, and it, so it's re it's aimed at video production, amateur video production people. Um, so they always have uh, little videos uh, or little suggestions of what you should watch this week, and there'll be incredibly beautiful things that people have put together that look like they should be in a film festival. You know. Um, so Vimeo has a lot of good things regarding privacy. You can you can password protect any individual video. You can put a bunch of them in an album and password protect that album. Um, the one thing you can't do is give individual passwords to people. The passwords are for that product. Um, and for that reason, I will embed them on a website page and then give an individual password to that website page. Uh, oh, that's so an interesting idea. Yeah, so Vimeo is very, very cool. You can, I, I use the, um, there's two levels, free and, no, three. Uh, uh, free, the level I'm using, and then the pro. And um, Vimeo also um, has a policy, which you're on your honor to adhere to, that the videos you put there are not for commercial use. So when uh, I use uh, uh videos for a commercial use for one of my courses, I have to use the Vimeo professional level for that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you just have to kind of pay attention to, you know, what you're doing there. Cool. Interesting. Awesome. Um, so let's say a trainer would be interested in starting um, or providing an online course. What are like the top three things you would need to get started? Uh, um, I, uh, let's see, I, the top three, I think the very top would be a complete and thorough understanding 
and very, very good relationship with technology. It, it, there's <laughs> so much to do, video and p website pages and password protected and you ever note if you're going to have communication tools. I now have all of my KPA students um, using Evernote to submit all of their homework and all of their training records. I'm totally paperless for KPA. Um, so you have to really understand all the tools that are out there and available, or not all of them, but what you need, what you want to use, and how you would use it. Because you're going to end up walking people with serious technophobia <laughs> through how to use what your product, what you want them, what you've decided is going to work well for you. Uh, so, you know, meeting software, video, all of that. Um, so I think that a, a good relationship with technology has got to be number one. Um, I think another good one is a, a real sense of who your audience is, you, your expected audience is. For example, with the Cyber Agility course, I've taught that all the way up until last year, 2015. So 15 years of that course. And for the last, so oh, I don't know, three or four years of it, I, I was not in contact with the Agility community. I wasn't on the Agility discussion lists or anything. So I did not have, um, I was not putting it out there to that audience, which was fine because I was trying to actually stop teaching Cyber Agility. But people kept writing to me anyway, and I did keep teaching it for a while. But I think now I've finally stopped. Um, so you have to be uh, aware of your audience and how you're going to reach them. CyberDog is the pet, ma pet manners course. I'm sorry to say is a beautiful product. We feel it's a beautiful product. We just can't find the market. We do not have the people that we should have teaching that. So we're looking for pet owners who can't find a positive training class in their local, in their local, you know, how much they're willing to drive, have crazy schedules or whatever, that can't get to a class, and that are you know computer savvy people. We just don't know how to reach them. We're not we're not making it there. So I think a good understanding of who your expected audience is and how to reach them um, would definitely come into play. And then I think the third one would be. Um, highly developed talent for creating training material that is brief and succinct, precise, detailed, and hits the mark for people. So, in other words, a really good understanding of tag teaching, the focus funnel, um, where you boil things down to just the thing the person needs to know to go right ahead and be successful. Um, so, a really good sense of curriculum development, including tag teaching and the writing skill to to punch that out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, that would be marketing, but since I fail in that, I'm not going to add that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so what would be some considerations, good or bad, um, that you think people should think about before starting an online course? Um. I think they, I think they, sh they would need to think about what's, what's going to be reinforcing for them about this. Mm -hmm. You, you can't just do it for the money. I really earned a lot of, a lot of uh, money from CyberDog. I'm not talking about wealthy a lot, but a lot as far as a, a regular yearly income, you know, to keep going. I'm not CyberDog, but Cyber Agility. Um, so you have, but you have to think about the. Um, structure of your life, for example, um, 
when cyber agility was at its heyday, I might have had three groups going at a time, which was probably seven or eight people in each group. And with the three three groups, um, in order to accommodate seven or eight people in real time meetings, I probably had one or two meetings per week for a group that they could they attended. So I had a lot of online meetings, and so those are kind of sprinkled in your schedule, and it's like this that kind of eats up any blocks of time you need to do something that takes a lot of brain power. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. yeah. You know, you're not dashing all over town to go to the training center to teach your classes, but you still got these plunk, 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 plunk things in your schedule right. that uh, create create a, what kind of a mesh of a schedule. <laughs> so you do have to think about how you're how it's going to you know how delivering the product you want to deliver is going to impact the way you want to structure your business life. Um, when I started, I just needed the money, period, so I didn't care how I structured my life, you know, so it was fine, and that worked out worked out really well. Now, I know that Alexander Curlin has an online courses for uh, clicker training with horses, and she has some um, instructors that, like TAs that work for her. I know Cindy Martin is one and Jane Jackson, and she um, has her course set up. Kind of like the Karen Pryor Academy courses that aren't the fac- uh, aren't the dog trainer professional, to where you it's mostly point and shoot, but you get some amount of time to use for support one on one with your TA or with your instructor. Um, so that's uh, kind of limits that whole how much am I going to interact with the students to giving them some to work with you, but not ultimately as much as they want. Right. Um, so you, I think you have to think about that. And then you have to think about what interests you and, and what are you good at? What are you, what are you personally good at teaching that you think people would want to learn from you because you've got a handle on how to do it? For example, um, I'm trying to think here. Just a minute. Um, if I wanted to know anything about teaching service dogs, I would go to Sharon Washler. She's a KPA graduate on the alumni list. I don't even know her in person. On the alumni list, she posts incredibly detailed, thought-provoking ways of the way that she, as a disabled person, has trained her own service dogs over the years, more than one service dog. And so she's got a lot of interesting techniques. So I see her as my go-to person if I had a service dog. Um, task training question. So think about, are you a go-to person for something? Right. Sort of that niche thing that yep. Yep. Um, you're really good at. <clears throat> so. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that thing that you really like and that, that you're good at. That thing I really like. And that, that other people would, would say, yeah. <laughs> and I think Ken Ramirez did a blog post recently. I can't remember what he called it. Was it a hedgehog? You needed to find your hedgehog, your one little <laughs> round ball thing. Yeah. I remember yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> if I had yeah. remembered that, I would have said that. you got to find So uh, where can people learn more about your courses if they wanted to take the course or if trainers want to um, ha- utilize your Start Smart orientation for their students? Uh, where do they go? Um, cyberdogonline.com is the website for the CyberDog course, that's the Pet Manners course, and for the Start Smart course. Um, 
you can contact me through cyberdogonline.com or by email, which is very cleverly just my name, helixfairweather <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, either of those ways. For CyberScent, I don't have that out there as a publicly advertised course. Um, the My impetus for creating that course was I have... Um, I have a scent detection instructor, and we call it scent detection to distinguish it from the trademark canine nose work curriculum, because we don't teach that way on, on purpose. We want to teach with clicker training. So um, my instructor for scent detection took in-person real-time classes from Jen and Steve White, which are extremely hard to find. They only did it once. And so... Um, I like to say I'm a grand student of Stephen Jen White's on that subject. <laughs> so um, her name's Janine May. She works for Guide Dogs, by the way, here locally. And so because other people in the country don't have a Janine to learn from, I figured I could take my skills, my online course skills, and um, get people started in the foundation for the sport of dog sport of nose work using um, uh, operant conditioning a trained indication behavior and back chaining. And so that's why I offered that course specifically to Karen Pryor graduates. And the reason for that is because I'm not teaching people how to add duration, how to use a verbal marker, how to um, um, create behavior chains, how to build a behavior to fluency. We need precision. We need... Um, good response to cues, you know, those kind of things. I'm not teaching all of the how to do those things. I'm teaching you how to apply those things to scent detection. Awesome. So, Yay. Um, so, so cyberdogonline.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. And if somebody felt they were an advanced trainer and, and had those things mastered, stimulus control, chains, and fluency, um, they could certainly convince me that, that they, if they want to take CyberScent. Um, and I have had a couple people do that that worked out very nicely. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, sometimes I get, oh. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, sometimes I get talking too much and I forget the one point I wanted to make. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, we've had a really good discussion and I've uh, definitely learned a lot. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing all of that. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Modern Dog Trainer podcast. Don't forget, you can check out the show notes at themoderndogtrainer.net slash podcast. You can also share your thoughts and support our podcast by leaving a review on iTunes. Until next time.